Welcome to Beat Cancer, the official podcast of the UC Davis Comprehensive Cancer Center. Thanks for joining us today as we have in-depth discussions of the science, research, and advancements taking place at our National Cancer Institute designated Comprehensive Cancer Center. I'm Chris Joyce. And I'm Stephanie Wynn. We'll also examine proactive approaches to cancer prevention, and most importantly, how we are breaking barriers to beat cancer in our community and beyond. Joining us today is Dr. Moon Chen, a nationally renowned expert in cancer health disparities, particularly as they affect Asian American populations. Hello, Dr. Chen. Hi, uh, everybody. Good, good to talk with you, Stephanie. Oh, it's great to have you here, Dr. Chen. Um, Dr. Chen is the Associate Director of the Cancer Center's Community Outreach and Engagement uh, Program, and uh, we are so happy to have him here today. And you are, are, you know, what I see is a real change agent in our community and uh, such an asset to the Cancer Center. So to kick off today's discussion, tell us about the important mission of COE. The important mission uh, of the community outreach and engagement uh, is to reach out to the community that we serve, particularly the people who live uh, in our catchment area, the area where um, 90% of our patients come from, and make sure that they are aware of what they can do to prevent cancer, uh, what they can do where uh, where we can treat cancer and what we can do to help those who are uh, helping cancers, uh, cancer patients with support. And recently you um, received a lot of national attention for bringing to light the role you feel that racism is playing in creating cancer disparities. Talk more about that. I don't think it surprises us, but uh, I think you're one of the first to really uh, spotlight that factor. Yes, um, it's very interesting. I think we have to go uh, uh, look at this historically. Um, uh, Let me just uh, refer, though, to the Asian American history in the United States. Um, About two centuries ago, uh, the United States uh, Congress passed a law that excluded Chinese from entering the U.S. And uh, the other law that was passed was it prohibited Chinese females from entering the uh, United States, and only more recently, in about you know, in the in the 20th century, was that law ever um, repealed. And so, uh, so institutionally, uh, as a country, we have experienced uh, racism as a influence on perceptions of of uh, of uh, seeking health care for Asian Americans. And of course, all the anti-Asian uh, rhetoric and the hate crimes and so forth are good examples of the, of the last few years and, and go- ongoing about the attacks against uh, Asian Americans. And that has actually influenced um, Asian American women because now they are hesitant to seek cancer care because uh, th- they're afraid they'll be attacked on the way. Mm, so unfortunate. And we certainly have seen those uh, cases on the rise, particularly with elderly. Uh, it's heartbreaking. Dr. Chen, I'd like to talk a little bit about um, just your work that focuses on mitigating cancer. So would you be able to talk to us about the significance of, uh, of cancer and just talk about some of the most lethal causes of cancer, excuse me, the most lethal causes of death due to cancer, and then maybe even touch upon some of the most tom- common types of cancer that we see in the United States. Well, that's a, that's a, 
uh, that's a very important question. And, uh, and let me just say this, that, um, for, that cancer is the leading cause of death for anyone who's ages 85 and younger. So that, well, I think, includes everybody, at least, who are listening to this podcast. And so that's, uh, that's of interest. And uh, I, I believe that one of the, uh, you know, sayings uh, by cancer patients is that their preference is never to have had cancer in the first place rather than to be cured of a cancer. And so our focus is to focus on prevention. Um, there are three levels of prevention. There's primary prevention. That's uh, trying to prevent or, or uh, you say, interrupt cancer before even begin. Be, begins and a good example is, is health education, mm. uh, diet, uh, exercise. The, these are uh, behaviors that uh, we know uh, that can prevent cancer. Of course, the most obvious and most uh, uh, startling is uh, never to start smoking in the first place, or if you're if you're smoking, to quit. The second level of cancer uh, prevention is is called secondary uh, prevention or screening. That is to be able to detect cancer before it occurs or to be able to detect it uh, while it's still treatable. Uh, and then the ter- third level of, ca- of uh, cancer prevention is what is called tertiary. And this is, this is for pan- uh, people who already have cancer, but it's trying to prevent its relapse. So three levels of cancer. And so in terms of the uh, most lethal causes of cancer deaths in our country, as well as in our catchment area, it's number one lung, which is attributable to primarily to tobacco use. Uh, Number two, prostate uh, uh, cancer. And one of the challenges here is is what we can do about prostate cancer. Thirdly, it's breast cancer. And there's been a a whole lot of uh, work in this area and and, uh, early detection and mammography and and other ways in which um, actually UC Davis is leading the way to address uh, breast cancer in Latino populations is is uh, you know, is occurring here. Uh, the fourth leading cause of cancer deaths is colorectal or colon and rectal cancer, which is many times attributable to diet and 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 lifestyle. And then fifthly, uh, pancreatic cancer. So those are the five leading causes of death. Fundamentally, though, the preference is to try and prevent cancer from its uh, occurring. And um, let me just say this, uh, with regards to primary prevention, we wish that we had a vaccination against cancer uh, for all these cancers. And, um, uh, you know, we've been able to show that with uh, the success of the COVID COVID vaccine. Well, the good news is that there are actually two uh, vaccines that can prevent cancer uh, first of all, uh, there's the hepatitis B uh, vaccine, which uh, is uh, administered uh, from uh, birth all the way to the li- lifestyle, and that will help prevent um, hepatitis B-related liver cancer. And then the second one is the HPV, or human papillomavirus uh, cancer, cancer. And this is a re- relatively new vaccine, but we know that it's effective. And so the challenge is, why can we not um, you know, uh, promote vaccinations? Uh, because while they're not the leading causes, uh, affect the leading cause of death, they do affect certain population groups that are disproportionately affected.
And and Asian Americans, Pacific Islanders being one of those population groups, right? Why is it, Dr. Chen, that they seem to be more impacted by infectious types of cancer? You know, HPV, uh, Hep B, uh, and then also gastric cancers, right? Right. That's a very good question. It's a question that uh, researchers need to uh, elucidate, too. Uh, I can speak about hepatitis B. Uh, hepatitis B virus occurs much more frequently in East Asia, uh, parts of, of sub-Saharan Africa, and actually in the uh, in Greenland and in, in the Arctic North. And so the, the question is, how come the virus is more common there? I don't know the answer to this, but the good news is that if you are born in those areas that I just mentioned, um, the, the good news is that getting vaccinated early is a good way to prevent or spare the next generation from hepatitis B-linked uh, viruses. Uh, HPV vaccination is another great uh, vaccination. Uh, HPV is uh, related to about six different kinds of cancers, and uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, uh, a... Uh, a, a very strong way to prevent cancer among both uh, uh, boys and girls, males, females. Uh, and uh, it, it's, it should be a no-brainer that we should uh, encourage everybody to vac- be vaccinated against HPV uh, vaccines. And it's not just cervical cancer we're talking about. Right. Although we're already seeing uh, cervical cancer rates come down, correct, due to right. the uh, HPV vaccination. But it's things like throat cancer, esophageal cancer. What other cancers are HPV related? Penile uh, cancers uh, uh, and and uh, head and neck type cancers in particular are related to HPV uh, as the virus. In fact, uh, one of the challenges that we have here at UC Davis is that the highest rates of HPV infections uh, are actually uh, in our catchment area, in the northern uh, inland California counties such as Glynn and Tahima and Calusa counties. And so we have uh, been um, focused on how to increase HPV vaccination among rural and Native American adolescents. Well, and and some of it is with HPV in particular is some of that hurdle is just the education. Is that correct? Correct. Um, it, it's actually multi-pronged education is one, uh, parental education, patient education. Um, but what we found, uh, you know, uh, being effective, and this is the work of Dr. Julie Dang and 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 others in collaboration with uh, the federally qualified health centers, is that it's got to be attacking all three levels. One level being the parent slash patient, the patient being typically uh, a younger person. Um, secondly, the uh, primary care provider. Um, because the primary care provider is the one who has to, you know, shall we say, authorize the vaccine. Uh, and then the third level is the clinic uh, staff. So the clinic staff are there. And so so this multi-level or three-level approach of having uh, the reinforcement from the provider, the clinic and the parent being willing to do this is all necessary and has been demonstrated to be most effective in increasing the HPV vaccination rates. Outstanding. Um, well, and with uh, with going following suit on the education and the cancer prevention, um, 
Can you talk about some of just the work that you do and the uh, COE does with prevention, with education, especially as it relates to our historically marginalized communities? Okay, that's uh, uh, that's that's one of our challenges. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of our historically marginalized uh, communities, right now we've been focusing on racial ethnic minorities: uh, African Americans, Latinos or Hispanics, Asian Americans, and Native. Um, Native Americans, and uh, each population is different, has different Mm. uh, distinct risk factors. And so our approach has been to try and customize our approach to each of these populations. All populations are not alike. Uh, For example, with the African Americans, uh, African Americans, uh, uh, the leading cause of cancer death is lung cancer. And Mm. while smoking is certainly a factor, uh, one of the ways in which we're we're intervening is to promote lung cancer screening. This is something that uh, has been proven in the research that if um, if people who smoke a certain number of uh, cigarettes for a certain number of years uh, are participate in lung cancer screening, um, their lung cancer can be detected earlier and or it's more treatable. And so uh, this actually saved lives. In fact, there's great research on this area. Uh, with respect to uh, Latinos, for example, uh, one of the areas uh, of uh, their, uh, shall we say, uh, um, not deficits, but uh, disparities uh, is is in the area of uh, liver cancer. And uh, here in uh, at UC Davis, we have one of our researchers who is looking at metabolic, meaning um, a combination of hypertension, uh, diabetes, and other factors to which are linked to higher liver cancer death rates among Latinos. And so mm-hmm. diet and other kinds of combinations are, are one of the ways there. Uh, with regards to um, Native Americans, uh, one of the areas that uh, we have been focusing on is HPV or human papillomavirus related cancers. And here, this is area really of prevention where, uh, where we um, are targeting uh, rural and adolescent uh, Native American children, adolescents, so that their, uh, va- so their vaccination rates are higher. With regards to Asian Americans, uh, this is an area that I've been historically involved with. Uh, and here, uh, 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 while I'm uh, like uh, I think Stephanie said, uh, this is uh, the cancers that affect Asian Americans are disproportionately related to infectious causes, bacteria, mm-hmm. viruses. Uh, liver cancer is one of them. But one of the more interesting factors now uh, that we've discovered recently is that uh, lung cancer uh, uh, among never smoking Asian women. Um, mm. is higher than any other population. And so we're trying to figure out, you know, if you quite, you do all things right, you know, never smoke and so forth and so on, how come you're disproportionately affected by lung cancer uh, as a never smoker women? So this is part of a study that we've been doing. So what we're saying is that we have uh, activities, movements, uh, programs uh, directed to all these, but they're, you know, it's... Uh, it, it's not a one-size-fits-all, but it's an attempt to tailor-make what we do based upon the uh, epidemiology, based upon the risk factors, based upon the ways in which we can reach people. And we have a community advisory board 
uh, right, Dr. Chen? Right. right. How, how um, does one get on that board, and um, how does that help with what you're doing? Uh, that's a really uh, excellent point, Stephanie. Um, we're very fortunate to have a community advisory board who is comprised of non-academic community leaders from our catchment area. These are individuals who are distinguished uh, and committed to reducing the cancer burden uh, in our area. And they represent, and we're very fortunate in our uh, community advisory board to have um, racial ethnic uh, d- uh, diversity, as well as uh, male, female, and also uh, by geography, uh, parts uh, rural, um, urban, as well as parts of our catchment area. Uh, for example, uh, we uh, have uh, individuals who come from the Central Valley. Um, our, one of them is a CEO of a Latino serving uh, community-based organization. Another one is an Asian uh, in Merced, who's the leader in the, in the area. We have um, the, uh, um, uh, the director of the California Depart- uh, Department of Health uh, Dialogue on Cancer, uh, who is uh, African American, the chair of our board is a um, is a uh, is the chief medical officer for the Northern Valley Indian Health. So that was that's intentional to make sure that we get as broad a view as possible. And they are the at, uh, advising the cancer center, not just the community advisory board, as the principal way in which the cancer center and the cancer center director gets input uh, and direction and uh, uh, equivalent to our external advisory board, which is comprised of scientific uh, uh, researchers from other parts of the country. Because we really want to hear from the community as to what type of cancer research they think is important. And that is uh, integral to our um, designation as a comprehensive cancer center, correct? That, yeah, the National Cancer Institute is looking for us to um, go beyond what you know we think is important and make sure that we're doing what the community wants us to do. That's, that's absolutely correct. In fact, we look to the community advisory board to help us set priorities. We can present the data, we can present the need, but uh, we are looking to the CAB, the Community Advisory Board, to say what's the most important thing, what's the second most important thing, and so forth and so on. Do they also help um, kind of guide communications and education outreach as well? That's uh, – uh, uh, yes, they do. And f- In fact, uh, they, they're the ones who, for example, more recently um, uh, – gave us gave our scientists guidance on how to communicate uh, the advances of the uh, total body scan. This is something that only UC Davis has at Explore Pet program, uh, which our scientists, these are the uh, creators of this total body uh, scanner, thought, well, you know, we'll just do a YouTube video and and uh, just show them and uh, wow them with the technology. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the result was that they were not able to attract uh, racial ethnic minorities to understand and appreciate the value of this technology. By sharing this, the videotapes with the board, uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, this collaboration between the uh, researchers and the community advisory board, and in conjunction with the uh, public information office, created videos that showed what a simulated ride was through a total body scanner, and then 
um, we were able to share this with the media, the public, uh, the television, radio media to share the fact that we wanted to recruit racial ethnic minorities to participate in this technology to show this is uh, what we're did, and uh, we're very uh, fortunate for that. I can I can go on and on with this, but I'm going to stop here for the time being. Well, well, how successful was that campaign? The it was tremendous. We had <laughs> we had more than 155 people from the community wanting to participate in the uh, in the study. We could only take 20, uh, oh, wow. and 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 then our results were tremendous. We had um, every racial ethnic population represented: African American, Latino, Asian American, and Native American, and men and women. And um, and it, it and the the importance of this was that these individuals were quote unquote healthy; and they didn't have cancer. And so the value of the data that came from this is that their data would be compared with a cancer patient from the same racial ethnic. So a, a African-American cancer patient uh, uh, scan would be compared with an African-American non-cancer patient, a non-cancer mm. person. And so they'll be able to see what is uh, what would it like be look like in a cancer patient who's African-American with it compared with quote unquote, a healthy Asian American, uh, African-American. So that's tremendous value. Uh, a reference point, as it were, to uh, a control, a comparison uh, that would not have been possible if we didn't have the tremendous outpouring of, of of the community response. And that's a great example of the research that we're doing here at UC Davis. Um, but what about the clinical trials? We're also doing a lot in terms of clinical trials. You've been very vocal about wanting to increase participation, diverse participation in our clinical trials. Uh, and it's really gonna take the community's help, right? Right, and let me just say that uh, clinical trials are, are, are the gold standard by which uh, new therapies are based upon. Uh, so uh, physicians and others design or trying to determine whether a new therapy or different therapy works better than the existing therapy. And in order to evaluate that, in order to know whether it works or not, it's important to get a large enough uh, participant rate, sample size, so to speak, of every single racial ethnic a minority group or every single population, non-Hispanic, white, uh, and so forth and so on, so that when the drugs are developed, we know that they were developed with respect to how did non-Hispanic whites, uh, you know, respond? Uh, how did African Americans respond? And so it's vi vitally important that we get sufficient numbers from each racial ethnic group. Otherwise, uh, the 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 drug or medication that's developed may only be quote unquote valid or useful for a only the kind of participants who who uh, were uh, were uh, involved in the in that particular uh, drugs clinical trial. Well, how do we change those stats? What needs to happen? Make sure we get more diversity. Boy, boy, that is a Nobel Prize answer <laughs> uh, uh, response because um, I, I will tell you it. it uh, probably multifaceted. Uh, first of all, uh, I, you know we have to, uh, you know, overcome potentially some cultural factors mm -hmm. because cultural factors, uh, you know, the, tr the the perception that, for example, if I participate in a clinical trial, am I a guinea pig? And I think it also has to do with the language. For example, when you use the word 
clinical trial and you separate the words trial what does that mean well it can mean experiment and nobody wants to be an experiment or it can be something to do with the legal system right so trial the, the terminology uh, that we use in, uh, in, in medicine, so to speak, trial does not, uh, it's not su uh, such a, shall we say, welcoming term. Mm. And then when you use the word clinical, what does clinical mean to the general publication? I mean, it's a black box. It's not unclear what clinical trial. So you put the two words together, clinical and tr clinical trial, and it immediately creates, uh, you know, let's say, confusion um, and hesitation mm -hmm. because we we have different words uh, shall we say different meanings in English for those two terms separately yeah. right and I'm English is my second language and so I start to think about oh trial oh you mean you know do I have to go to court for this or <laughs> you know what what is it you know so so I think so language is is a barrier and right. we have to be culturally sensitive and that's why you have these teams uh, that go out into the community and try to have the face-to-face -face communication, which has been a bit challenging with COVID. But that's why the outreach is so important, because we're not just waiting for people to come to the cancer center to get treated or to see the doctor. We really need to be out there in the community. And an extension is really what you're doing with your teams. Yes, and that's and that's true. And and let me just say that clinical trials are not necessarily, shall we say, limited to uh, testing medications uh, or drugs. Um, we need uh, quote unquote clinical trials, and I hate to say that uh, with hesitation because I just told you <laughs> how bad uh, clinical trials. What else can we? Yes, call we it? can call that research studies. <laughs> we can go. call this something more, um, shall we say, uh, less. Uh, ambiguous, okay? I mean, creating ambiguity. Uh, for example, we uh, we have uh, studies, you know, on vaccination, for example. Uh, how, what are the ways to intervene on vaccination, uh, you know, compared with, uh, say, maybe uh, one approach Dr. Dang has used is birthday cards. So, uh, sending birthday cards to kids and say, hey, you are now 14, uh, it's time for you to get vaccinated, mm. you know, compared with the usual care, which is, oh, it depends on when they see the doctor. So, so clinical trials and trials um, d could could. Uh, be uh, utilize, uh, shall we say, non-therapeutic uh, efforts and are really uh, ways to evaluate behavioral interventions and not just uh, therapeutic interventions. Well, I, uh, I think you're, you're on the right path. And I, you know, we, we really sense a lot of passion in your voice, Dr. Chen. Yes. Where does this come from, your, your passion to do this work? Well, I hate to I, I want to say that's not original. Uh, I'm thinking about what Robert F. Kennedy said at uh, one time. He said uh, um, something to the effect that if it's not uh, this, then what? If it's not now, then when? And if it's not us, then who? So, so if we who have the knowledge, experience, and and training to communicate uh, the importance of cancer prevention and control, then then. Uh, then what are we here for? Uh, kind of, you know, it, it's the opportunity. It's a fact that if we have a message that's compelling, then, uh, and, and we know that it's life-saving, mm. then uh, is, it, is it conscionable to not to say anything? Well, we are very fortunate to have your passion and commitment here at the UC Davis Comprehensive Cancer Center, Dr. Moon, and Dr. Chen. We like to call you Moon. 
Uh, and uh, we sure hope you you keep up the fantastic work you're doing. Uh, and you keep adding to your team. Your team keeps growing because of the significant impact they're making on the cancer burden locally. And uh, just applaud you for all that you're doing. Absolutely. And before we let you go, uh, could you tell us a little bit about maybe some of the things that you have in store for the future or that you are that are currently in process right now that you're working on? Okay, good. Well, yeah. Uh, one of the things that we're doing is uh, what we call C3, Conversations About Cancer. And we're taking that on the road uh, to different counties. Uh, so uh, we've recently been to Solano and uh, we're taking it to Merced and we're taking it, uh, we've been to um, uh, Yuba County. Uh, we're taking our team to where people reside mm. and asking them, you know, uh, what's important to you about cancer? We share uh, what we know about the cancer burden in the area, and then we invite them there. Uh, for example, one of the more recent uh, uh, C3s uh, we went to was Yuba County, and we showed on a map of Yuba County two different zip codes. One zip code had very high cancer burden, and a different zip code in the same county had a very low uh, cancer burden. I said, what? What is it? You're, you're still, you're, you all live in the same county, but the zip code um, has made such a difference. And um, they said, well, <laughs> one of your zip codes, that's just water. You have no, that's a pond. That's a river. There's no, oh. so, so, <laughs> so, so, so we need to know that uh, this is where uh, the community residents know best and say, hey, this is where the populations are. This is where the, uh, where they may be exposed or uh, whatever. And, and so, so for us to just kind of look at a map and, and we have been able to, you know, use maps and zip codes to figure out cancer burden and, and relate that. But really, uh, we need to go to the community and say, hey, uh, this is what we see. Uh, but uh, what, tell me, tell me more about uh, what you think would be important. Okay. Well, hey, Dr. Chen, uh, we thank you so much for your time today for the discussion. It has been uh, wildly informative. Uh, we love hearing your passion and what you're doing for the community. And um, I'm sure that in the very near future, we will be following up with you and some of your colleagues as well to learn more about um, what the Office of uh, Education or Outreach and Education is doing um, in the community. So uh, thank you. Again, we, we truly appreciate it. You're welcome. I enjoyed it. Great to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us directly at beatcancer at ucdavis.edu. Beat Cancer is a production of the UC Davis Comprehensive Cancer Center. For more information on our NCI-designated Comprehensive Cancer Center, please visit health.ucdavis.edu slash cancer.